Welcome to the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Join us every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildernetwork. Enjoy the show. Hey, this is Mark Parham. We're all hearing now that opportunities on this and how they can help the community. I have researched, been to a lot of different meetings, and I still have questions about it. What are the real opportunities? Today we have Corey Henry here to let us know his thoughts on how the community can understand what the real opportunities are for all of us. Corey, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Uh, glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm glad you are here, man, because hopefully you can clear some of this up. So, Corey, you know, why don't you first... It, it, before you get started, I want people to introduce... So I want you to introduce yourself, let people know who you are, so they know where all this great information is coming from, and then we'll get into having a discussion. Okay. Well, my name is Corey Henry. I'm uh, I'm a uh, West Point graduate, uh, an Army veteran, uh, Iraq War veteran. Um, I've been an entrepreneur. Uh, I've owned trucking companies, uh, franchises. So I definitely have uh, experienced a lot of the the turmoil, if you will, that goes with the dream of entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, the ups and the downs, um, and, and the big, especially being a black entrepreneur because of the often lack of, of access to capital, which is the lifeblood of any businesses, especially, uh, in their first few years. So, you know, uh, raising capital, having capital to start and to run your business is critical in order to get through the cyclical nature of uh of being an entrepreneur. So I um you know that's kind of where you know when I heard about opportunity zones, you know obviously it was something that uh intrigued me because I I'm thinking how can I grow my business? How can I advise my friends and family how to grow their businesses? Uh this is definitely a legislation that that uh will help with that. Um uh I'm from Fort Myers, Florida. I grew up there. I, uh, of course, I left when I went off to New York to go to West Point, um, and then I've been here in Atlanta for about 15 years. You know, working in the in the public space, uh, advising small businesses on how to how to survive, how to how to how to uh, grow in communities where it's it's not it's very rare to even see small businesses. The, the uh, you know, the size, there's only 3% uh, entrepreneurship in the black community as is. So Opportunity Zone is definitely going to help us uh, increase that. And, uh, yeah, so I'm excited to be here, excited to share my my position on that and see if we can um, expand our, our general consciousness about this legislation. Well, first off, I'm glad you said you've been here 15 years because you've seen the changes in Atlanta. So Absolutely. let's talk about first. Let's let's kind of give a thirty thousand foot description of 
of what these opportunity zones are, and then we'll figure Absolutely. out talk about how how they affect us in the community. Okay, okay. So opportunity zones were a part of the Tax Cuts Jobs Act of 2017. So it was kind of thrown in there as an incentive to give investors uh, as far as, uh, you know, how do we get money that's out there that's not being utilized? There's over 3 or $4 trillion in unrealized capital gains that are not working in the U.S. economy. So, uh, you know, some, some high-level economists, they were able to work with Representative Tim Scott and uh, not Representative, uh, Senator Tim Scott and Senator Cory Booker and uh, helping to really push this legislation and get it passed. You know, the, the Jobs Act, the Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act, was supposed to be the ultimate solution for how to get capital into small businesses, but it was missing a major component, which was incentive. Why would an investor decide to put his money in a community where there hasn't been investment in over 30, 40 years? And over 50%, probably closer to 60% of Opportunity Zones are areas that have not had almost any investment in over three decades. So what was going to cause them to all of a sudden start dumping billions if not trillions of dollars into these communities if not for some kind of coordinated effort on the federal state and local level to increase that interest so uh that's kind of the high level of where this came from uh all of these zones didn't get qualified until the middle of 2018 so the legislation has only been active uh for about you know, about 18 months now, you know, so uh, it's still very new. Uh, there's still a lot of uh, information that had not been sorted out, but now those things have been sorted out and people are starting to put the pieces in place in order to deploy those monies into the communities that need them. So so what's a qualified opportunity zone? Describe one. Okay. Well, there's over 8,700 uh, opportunity zones in the country, right? Uh, each state in 2017, the, the governor of each state at the time, they were mostly outgoing. It was about 60% of the governors who picked the opportunity zones were outgoing governors. And they picked areas or census tracts that were uh, that were perpetually known for uh for poverty for uh for lack of uh, of business investment uh for lack of uh you know college graduates i mean it was they looked at all these different factors for these different census tracts about 30% of them were rural about 23% of them were were native american land but the one factor that is the biggest factor in these opportunity zones is that 56% of the population in opportunity zones are African American. 56%. Now, African Americans really only represent them. Is this across, across the country? 
Wow. Across the country. So for a population that only represents 13% of the total population, African Americans represent 56% of the population in Opportunity Zones. So it is definitely a legislation that was geared towards increasing the opportunity for black-owned businesses, increasing the opportunity for minority businesses, in particular African-American businesses, uh, to get access to capital, which is the critical lifeblood of any business. So how does an investor put money into an opportunity zone then? Do you just go when? uh, Yeah, there's there's three benefits for an investor uh, as far as opportunity zone investments go. An investor is able to take uh, his capital gains, so any capital gain, whether you sell a stock, uh, you sell a home, you sell a ring, you sell a piece of art, you sell a business, if you had a positive outcome from that sale, more than likely that would be categorized as a capital gain. So you can take that capital gain and invest it in an opportunity zone, and you will, one, you will not pay any taxes on that capital gain for seven years, right? Uh, After seven years, then you will be assessed the original tax. So basically, it's like a seven-year interest-free loan, okay? Now, after five years, 10% of that tax is you you receive a no I think it's a yeah a 10% step up in basis which means your original tax will be reduced by 10%. All right. After 7 years it's reduced by 15%. So uh so putting that money in you get a 7 year interest free loan and then when you do pay it it's reduced by up to 15%. Now if you keep that investment for 10 years, and this is the big piece that has everybody excited. This is the piece that everybody needs to know about. If you keep that investment for 10 years, you will receive a 100% step-up in tax basis, which means you will pay no taxes on the increased value of that investment. So if I had bought an Uber or a uh, or a Chick-fil-A stock or some kind of company that took off in an opportunity zone and 10 years later it's worth, you know, it, it increased by a 1,000%, you will pay no taxes on the increase of that investment. And that's the piece that has everybody excited. That's the piece that has Google and Amazon and all these big Fortune 500 companies looking at how they can move their headquarters into opportunity zones. So don't get it twisted. The big Amazon headquarter two, headquarter three, the big Google, all of that is about taking advantage of these opportunity zone investments because they have, one, a tremendous amount of capital gains, two, the incentive to be in those highly uh, densely populated areas, and three, the opportunity to reduce their overall tax burden to to almost nothing. Um, that's on the investor side. On the on the small business who's looking to receive the investment side, 
the critical piece is for them to get, one, dressed for the party. They have to become bankable. They have to become investable. They have to become a solid investment because this is long-term money. This is not a get-rich-quick opportunity. This is about uh, conservative money going into businesses that they think will, one, stand the test of time, at least 10 years, and two, will ultimately increase their return on investment. So we have to go back to boot camp, if you will, uh, to teach a lot of our entrepreneurs how to establish good, long-term investable businesses that can attract opportunities on money. Okay, you're saying dress for the party. What What does that mean? What kind of party am I going to? I mean, driving well, like an uh, out party? Par- I mean, what, what kind of party am I going to? What kind of gear do I need? What should I be looking like? For me, if I'm a small business owner, then the party is is uh, is – when you get access to capital, because when you get, when, think about it, when a company goes public, the entire uh, benefit of that is the general public is able to put capital into your business so that you can then execute your long-term plans. And if you're a business owner, you know, that's a great reason to party. That's a great reason to celebrate because you are now considered a more successful business owner. Now you can get into, you know, acquiring more land, expanding your business, buying more equipment, hiring more people, creating more jobs, making more people wealthy, hopefully improving your community. So when I say get dressed for the party, it's it's truly about doing the things that are necessary to become a bankable, investable business. And if you are not bankable... Give me me an example of what some of that uh, is. For instance, uh, having a good long-term uh, a business plan, having a primary placement memorandum, having a, a, a getting your CIK number so that you can be listed on the SEC. Uh, these are all things that most uh, minority-owned businesses are not even considering. They just, hey, I want to open a restaurant. I want to serve this kind of food. I want to do this and that without the true understanding of what it takes to truly be a part of this system of capitalism, which is about moving money, growing businesses, uh, putting, putting people to work. So there are some critical pieces that have to be done in order for you to become an investable business, and that's what I call getting dressed for the party. Uh, I like to tell people you can't catch this particular wave, which you do rag on. You have to have – you know, you have to be buttoned up. You have to have all of your uniform, all your ribbons in the right place. Uh, just a different way of letting people know you have to be an investable business. Gotcha. So you got to have people like we had Marcus on a few minutes ago, CPA. You got to have people that can really tell your funding story. Absolutely. They got to be able to tell your story. They got to be able to communicate that to investors uh, in a way that compels them to invest in your business and leave their money in your business for at least 10 years, at least 10 years. And I can tell you now, I don't know many people who are uh, going to just dump millions and millions of dollars into a business that they won't see the real benefit and return for 10 years 
if they don't see a solid business plan, a solid game plan, a true growth strategy, and a necessary business, something that is uh, critical to the community that surrounds it. So uh, those are the things that we really have to focus on when you think about uh, putting yourself in position to become what they say is a qualified opportunity zone business. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. The investor just doesn't give the money to the business. They give it to a fund, and a fund gives it to the business. Let's talk about the opportunity fund. What is that? Yes. So uh, I I talked about QOZBs, the Qualified Opportunity Zone Business, but the Qualified Opportunity Zone Fund, a QOZF, is an entity that has put themselves – um, out there as an an aggregate or a collector of these opportunity zone funds for the purpose of finding and vetting businesses that are good opportunity zone investments. So these are layers, you know, layers so that there's not uh, impropriety, there's not uh, uh, there's not uh, favoritism, there's not um, you know. There's not uh, back-ended, backhanded, if you will, things going on. The Qualified Opportunity Zone funds will be held accountable for how that money is invested. And it's up to them to keep that money qualified. Because gotcha. if it disqualifies, then all of the incentive goes away for the investor. So the Qualified Opportunity Zone fund will be a lot of your nonprofits, a lot of your uh, uh, maybe your churches, your community organizations, your uh, and even some businesses that kind of put themselves as mediators or or middlemen, if you will, to ensure that those monies get down to the businesses in the community that have the bit, the best chance of of standing the test of time and ultimately increasing the value of the investment. So, so let me uh, you, so let me ask you this. Go ahead. I have a big church in my community. My church mm-hmm. can become an opportunity fund where investors can invest into the fund that I run with the church, and then that church can actually give money out to the businesses in the community that are Absolutely. maybe associated I, with the I church. I like to think. Uh, I think from from this point of view, your churches and your nonprofits. Will, will transition into business incubators. And they will be the ones responsible for helping these businesses get dressed for the party. You know, here in Atlanta, we have the, for example, the Russell Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Right. Uh, that is a prime type of organization that would be an excellent uh, opportunity fund because of their one influence in the community, two, their their access to entrepreneurs, uh, three, their network uh, connecting with different investors and different uh, businessmen and women out there, you know, millionaires and billionaires who have the capital gains. You know, people that live in opportunity zones probably don't have capital gains. You know, right. so it's not like. If you're in the opportunity zone, you're not going to be able to take advantage of the opportunity zones 
uh, right away as far as the ability to invest in opportunity zones. But you can create opportunity zone businesses that will then be invested in, and if you execute your plan, then you will generate capital gains and then we'll be able to reciprocate that wow. same thing to either other opportunity zone businesses or to expand your own business. But this is about creating more accredited investors in the United States. There's not very many accredited investors in the black community. So we have to go through the steps of going from unaccredited investors to becoming accredited investors so that they can take advantage of of these opportunities like these. So tell me this. I keep hearing this word collaboration. Businesses need to collaborate. What does that mean in this in this environment, collaboration? I think when you're talking about the Opportunity Zones Act, uh, they're expecting anywhere from 3 to $6 trillion in potential investment in these zones. That kind of money is not just going to flow into this, you know, one small business or two. I mean, we don't know very many. $300 billion businesses in an opportunity zone. So it's going to take a little bit of coordination, a little bit of collaboration amongst the community to ensure that we are properly dressing these communities to receive as much opportunity zone investment as possible. I, I circle back. We look at Castleberry Hill in Atlanta, right? That is a community of, you know, that's a, a district, if you will, of black-owned businesses that have the ability to work together, to cooperate in their in their narrative, cooperate in their intent, so that they can become a district that is known for attracting opportunity zone investors. And there are Castleberry Hills all over America. You know, there are Castleberry Hills in Macon, Georgia, and Augusta, Georgia, and and Tampa, Florida, and Jacksonville, Florida, and Montgomery, Alabama, you know, very similar communities that that individually those businesses may not be as attractive, but if they're able to come together and create business districts that serve a need in that region, in that area, these are going to be regionally based efforts, not individual business-based efforts but regionally-based efforts because you have to build a community around the business in order for that business to, to be sustainable and to survive. So if we want to start taking advantage of this, what are some of the next steps that we should be doing to start moving in the right direction? Oh, man. Uh, you know, there are a lot of, you know, believe it or not, the federal government has done a lot of things to help uh, prepare businesses for this legislation. So uh, the SBA is being very active and helping small businesses understand, um, helping people that want to start small businesses get in position. Uh, there are a lot of incentives that are giving small businesses access to loans, access to different things that will make them a better and more attractive uh, opportunity zone investment. Um, there are just many different uh, things that are being put together, whether it's 
local and state legislation that is uh, helping businesses get ready. Um, you know, we, we've got to go through a significant financial and entrepreneurship literacy uh, surge, if you will. I, I, I liken it and compare it to uh, after slavery ended, the black community or the slave community went from 3% literacy to 70% literacy within the first 10 years. You know, when you think about where we are right now with, with businesses uh, in the black community, there's only 3% of, of, of our community as entrepreneurs. We're going to have to have a similar type surge where we go from 3% entrepreneurship rate to 70% entrepreneurship rate in a lot of these communities because that's what's necessary in order to take full advantage of, you know, bringing these dollars to the community. And where you have investment in the community, you have growth in the community, you create jobs in the community, you create more opportunity, that creates more hope, more, more, uh, you know, where people will feel like, man, if, if I can learn this, if I can do this, then I have a chance at earning a good life, at living a good life. So this is, you know, even just the word itself, opportunity, this, right, right, is, right. this is the essence of what opportunity, you know, really means. And, you know, opportunity and hope, if they're not siblings, they're definitely first cousins. Well, I tell you, through my role at the Urban League as Director of Entrepreneurship, we've been working with Invest Atlanta as a very – big initiative on helping people understand what opportunity zones are. So you can go to investatlanta.com, go to their site, start looking up information. But I think the key thing is Absolutely. we got to get involved right now. We can't wait. Yeah. A lot of times we wait to see what happens. This is not one of those situations. You know, This is not. As a matter of fact, the first year of the legislation, uh, as of December 31st, you know, there's a there's a milestone that's being hit on the 31st of December. So we are in season, I'll say that. This legislation is live. Money is moving. People are receiving access to capital. There are millions of dollars currently being invested in Opportunity Zone, if not billions of dollars. So it's it's necessary to get involved right now. Read up on Opportunity Zones. Google is your friend. You know, read up, well, get smart, well, can, reach out. Well, I'll I tell you what, what we're going to do, we're going to make sure they know about it because we're going to take it to them, Corey. I think this is so important Absolutely. that we need to, if a church that has been there 50, 60, 70 years has the potential to become an opportunity to fund, why not help it? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the community, the people Absolutely. trust it. The church is made up of parishioners who have businesses. They generally own property in the community. It seemed like they'd be the yep. perfect setup for this incubator, school, everything that we would need to get funded to build our community. Absolutely. And if you look at the stats on these opportunity zones, uh, Number one, the the college and high school graduate rate in these opportunity zones is, you know, often less than 50% of the national average, you know. So if you're looking at 
what kind of opportunities on investments can we put out there? Schools, uh, workforce development. Here you go. That's what I'm talking um, about. That's you know, what I'm talking about. Uh, the the uh, 50%, the opportunity zones have a 50% higher rate of of ha- of being a, a food desert. So what kind of businesses can we put in these opportunity zones? Grocery stores. There we go. Uh, farms. There we go. Uh, things of that nature. You know, we just got to think outside the box when it comes okay. to this. And a lot of these opportunity zones, they have lack of access to uh, Internet. You know, what kind of businesses can we put in opportunity zones? Uh, internet. Based businesses uh, giving people access to high-speed internet and and uh, uh, satellites and towers for cell phones. You know, there's so many different things that we can focus on as far as building out the infrastructure necessary to take these communities step by step through the processes of how to become. Look at what Atlanta did. Like you said, the growth of Atlanta. Look right. at Atlanta as a test case or a, a, as an example of what we can do in Savannah and Augusta and Tifton right. and, you know, and all these others and, and, and recreating that process that Atlanta went through from 1996 to 2010, from 2010 to 2020. You know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. All we have to do right. is study what has already happened and, and replicate that infrastructure in a lot of these other communities. You know, the thing is, we both know this could be a longer conversation and we're going to have to make it a longer one where actually people can call Absolutely. in and ask questions and things like that. No doubt. But I just want to thank you for the time you've given us this evening. So if you want to give some last parting comments about Opportunity Zones, what would those comments be? You know, I, I'm available anybody ever needs to uh to reach me they can find me on instagram at the h factor um they can find me on facebook i'm on linkedin you know i'm here to help my goal is just to make sure that everybody is conscious of what's going on all right my brother thanks for coming out so we're going to do another show where you can call in and ask questions so we'll be planning that so you get more information about how to change your community. Thank you, Corey, for coming out. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Right. Thank you for joining us this evening on the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. It is our mission to provide you with the information you need to make educated decisions, decisions that will help you walk in your purpose. We are here every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Please post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildertalk. We hope you enjoy the show.